Welcome into DC episode DC on screen episode 413. Oh man, this is our DC TV news episode. Uh, I'm your host David C. Robertson. This is my co-host Jason Goss. Hello. So uh, yeah, we have we've been away for a couple of weeks. Unless you just listened to the DCEU news episode, in which case you're just there's more of us. Yay! <laughs> Uh, quick note, we did talk about it with the DC uh, EU. We're going to do a little truncated note here for you. Uh, the full schedule for San Diego Comic-Con is now available for all of the shows we cover. And that's through July 20th through uh, that's July 20th through July 23rd. If you are still looking to get tickets, but it's pretty extensive. And um, we don't really, we don't really want to spend like 20 minutes just uh, you know reading dates that you're not going to remember. Yeah. It would take that long. There's so many, I, like all of their shows are there. It would just, just be reciting a schedule at some point. Yeah, I mean, if you're going or you're interested, in, if you even have tickets now, if you can still have get tickets, I don't know. Um, I knew I wasn't going, so I just didn't even really bother to dig into that uh, particular uh, bailiwick. But uh, <clears throat> yeah, the important uh, part for what we if, do is, uh, you know, give us about two weeks, and it's going to be. Oh my God! Here's what all happened. Yeah, because like they're gonna news outlets are gonna like hold back information yeah. and like leak it out and Absolutely. stuff. It's gonna be weird. Um, so I actually like the way I read this headline way more than what you wrote down here. Gotcha. Um, because Jason does the DC TV news and I do the DC EU news. That's what, that's how we prep it. And um, I do what we would call uh, copywriting. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and what I read was. Supergirl season three gets a racist. <laughs> I know, I know how messed up this is, but at some point while I was doing the news, I scrolled up and thought I saw that for a second and double, like I did a double take, uh, with, my, with just, just eyeball double take because I thought I had typed that accidentally. <laughs> You're not alone. <laughs> the real headline, though, is uh, I, I mean, Supergirl. I don't, I don't know why. Just it, that's yeah. it's shaped very similarly when you look at the word shape. Yeah, Supergirl season three gets a recast, which is maybe worse. Um, you make a decent villain out of racist, at least. Yeah, well, um, you know, well, nothing's more villainous than a recast. Yeah, but um, I don't know. In certain in certain circumstances, at least, I mean, Mark Ruffalo turned out pretty well. Yeah, sure. Uh, and hopefully, this will be one of those. But um, then again, I'm kind of like, why why are we going back to this? But Erica Durance uh, will replace Laura Bern- uh, Benanti as uh, Kara's mother slash aunt when season three of Supergirl returns. Kreisberg, uh, Andrew Kreisberg says, unfortunately, Laura, who Greg and I have worked with for years going back to Eli Stone, from what I understand, a, fan- a fantastic show, was unable to continue in the role due to work commitments in New York. But we are so blessed that Erica has come aboard to offer her own interpretation of Kara's mother. We had tremendous success with a former Lois Lane last season with Terry Hatcher. You called that tremendous success, but uh, I-, I digress. We know Erica will continue the proud tradition of legacy actors joining our shows and creating new and exciting takes on classic DC characters. Uh, Benanti tweeted, I loved working on this show and will miss it so much right now. It's time for me to be super mom to my own little one in New York City. Now, it's interesting that Kreisberg said due to work commitments in New York. 
and then she says, it's time for me to be super mom to my little one. Not saying that's not work, but it's just, it seems like two different things they're trying to say uh, there. Well, but I mean, they're not necessarily exclusive. Uh, the way I understand it... Uh, no, they're not. From what I've heard, Benanti is uh, a little bit of a Broadway darling. Is she? Uh, that That's... Um, that's I, I I I haven't verified. I don't know, man. I I don't know Broadway darlings from from anyone at this point. It's Adam and Eve to me. I don't know, but what I, from what I've heard, she's got a little bit of a Broadway thing going on. So and that would make sense. Is like she's got this six day a week job and she needs to stay in New York to to be with her kid. She can't ship out yeah, for three yeah, months yeah. to go to Vancouver, or she can't ship out yeah. for a month to go to Vancouver. I I could get that. Yeah. That makes that Absolutely. that can make sense. I don't I don't think what Kreisberg said and what she said are necessarily exclusionary at all. No, it just it felt it seems a little bit like uh, it feels like they're just framing it differently. Yeah, and, a little bit. Hey, trust me, I I I spent a few hours, a few scant hours. Uh, helping take care of my nephew and niece today. And by the end of it, I was ready to put a bullet in my head. Yeah. So um, I'm not, I am not saying that that's not work Yeah. by any stretch. I have, I have, a, I love uh, those kids, I have two but nephews damn, we're dude. trying to teach to swim right now. And by the end of it, I'm just like, I, I am done, man. I'm going to go home and deal with yeah. the trained dogs that I have that are about my level of caregiving. <laughs> and then do incredibly selfish things like catch up on a show <laughs> and that's to to kind of regroup i mean yeah. I, I i i couldn't imagine trying to put on a broadway production and having a child yeah. that i was responsible for it insane yeah it's you know i i don't know what her uh her broadway thing is going it was doing i don't know uh i don't know what she's doing there yeah I, I don't i yeah i have no idea what her current projects are but um Still, I, we, we didn't even talk about Eric. It might I, be Erica Durnance. I, like that—that that sounds. Well, fantastic. I'll get to her. Yeah, I, I liked her. But, but, you know, I liked Laura Benanti uh, in uh, Go On. I did a I lot. Really liked her. They were uh, they, uh, hated her on Supergirl. Her and Matthew Perry had great chemistry. Yeah, hated her on Supergirl though. And uh, I'm, uh, I like Terry Hatcher on uh, Lois and Clark. Hated her on Supergirl. I don't know why they can't make like. Daxamites and Kryptonians talk like a normal. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It feels like they've run them through a translate filter most of the time. It's really mm-hmm. annoying. Um. So yeah. Anyway, maybe Durant um, will bring something new to it. Normalize it in some way. Maybe. I don't know how old she looks now. I still have her in my head as like Smallville. Well, sure. Uh, it's only been Lois about Lane, Erica uh, Durant. It eleven years or so. Yeah. I mean, well, you look at Tom Welling, and he's like, <laughs> he looks a lot different. I'm not gonna say he looks old because he doesn't. He just he look uh, he's a little more Clooney-fied. Yeah, I mean, I'll say that he definitely looks a little aged. Uh, he's got some some gray going. Yeah, um, I I do suspect they cast her for a reason. She's probably gonna play the same age as uh, Benanti did. Yeah, um, I, I doubt yeah. they went out of their way to make this not work. You know, well, like facially, they just look so different. Like well, they look so. It's like how different Sarah was from the first Sarah in Arrow. It's just like, oh my gosh, you look different. Yeah. What's going to crack me up is if, uh, in um, something you mentioned, or you alluded to at least, was the idea that, like, I don't even know where I, this is coming up. I don't know why, where she fits into the story as is. Um, mm-hmm. And that's that's true. So what's going to crack me up is if we see her again, but it's like mm-hmm. a like a hologram version where you yeah. would, might as well be a 16-bit version of, of them anyway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then who the hell cares who she got recast as? Might as well have been, yeah. uh, like... Uh, motion capture with 
a voiceover at that point. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know. So, we'll see. <laughs> it's it's not as drastic as, like, the old Superboy show recast. <laughs> you remember that? Uh-uh. Oh, my gosh, man. Uh, so, there was an old TV show called Superboy. And uh, they basically had to recast the main character because... I don't remember exactly what it was. They had to recast Superboy. Um, something like... Um, gosh, what happened? He was like a drug addict or something? Oh, no, I think I've heard about this. <laughs> yeah, he uh, that guy just kind of went off the rails. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, God, I can't remember his... I can't remember the names now. Like some, some moment where you kind of go, well, you know, season two's not happening. Or even back yeah. half of season one's not happening. And what's weird is like I used to um I used to watch that show when I was a kid. Um I still need to go back and I need to get all the DVDs and watch that again. Um I know um uh, Gerard Christopher was, was Clark Kent before or it was it was no, sorry, it was after. He was like I don't know, seasons two or three through the I think it was two through four, mm-hmm. maybe. But um I don't remember the guy that played the 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 first one, but he he had some kind of horrible thing happen. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Where it was like drugs or something. I, I'm sure I'm sure someone will know. Uh, I'm looking at you, Scott. That feels that feels <laughs> Squadcast. Yeah. I'm looking at you, Scott. Right, for me, that's some trivia I, I ran across at one point. I have no idea about the the whole you know gestalt of mm-hmm. it. I, I don't I really don't know. Anywho, I need to watch that show. I'm sure it's awful. I feel like need isn't the <laughs> word you want right now. No, need is absolutely the word. The word I That's the only compulsion that could make that worth it. Yeah. 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 Like, anyway. This may be proof um, that you need antidepressants. <laughs> they, they calm down OCD. No, I'm good. If I if I get on antidepressants, no one's... I'm not doing this show. <laughs> like, <laughs> Can't be bothered. I'm going yeah. to look at some flowers. Pretty much. So this is fun and funny. David Harwood uh, on Supergirl says, I don't like Superman. It's boring. <laughs> Almost they didn't really flesh. reading that. Yeah, they didn't really flesh it out. They didn't really write for the character. They just gave me this rather cheap-looking mask and no costume and said, okay, you're cyborg Superman. But it didn't really pan out. They didn't really go into why he was a cyborg how he became a cyborg, what his powers were. It was just kind of he it was just kind of randomly calling him Cyborg Superman. Yes, sir. Absolutely agree. 100% uh, standing ovation. You get the award for self-awareness. Now, in a the, the best s- supporting actor role. The scary and sad thing about this is that this reeks of the kind of thing an actor says when they are fired. So I kind of wonder how much of David Harewood we're going to be getting next season, honestly. I, I, I agree. It does have a certain dismissiveness, but I, 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 you could also kind of get from it that the rest of the back end of that crew is just as confused about how that happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like they all just, just started with a couple drinks that night. Yeah. And then they woke up four months later and Cyborg Superman was on screen. Mm-hmm. I, it, it's an absurd character, and it makes sense that we don't like him because he's bored playing him. Yeah, and I would be fine. If he doesn't want to play him, I would be fine with the notion they actually do just put his consciousness online. He finds his way into the this, the Fortress of Solitude. The character has been there sure. already. Why not? We can pull that off. Known material? And then actually just 
Bring in Tyler Hecklin as Cyborg Superman. There's no need for David Harewood to keep playing him. Let's actually get into the nuts and bolts, no uh, no pun intended, of the character. <laughs> <laughs> and he's see what he's got to offer him. If you do him correctly. All right. And that said, I don't want David Harewood to be gone. I like his portrayal of John Jones. No, no. Uh, absolutely. Um, but, uh, he's, he's fantastic. There. But I do love deeply that he is... Uh, as disappointed with that portrayal of that name and character as as yeah. as we were, I, I just kind of wanted Absolutely. to throw him into the writing room at this point. Like any any time you just need Cyborg Superman just on screen, you just ask him what 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 what, what should we do, and mm-hmm. he should just tell you, oh, you should just not use him. <laughs> right. Uh, so over to the Flash, they've added a writer, and this should be pretty uh, pretty good. This is, I'm excited about this, honestly. Uh, Sterling Gates, who's been helping write uh, the Supergirl and Flash companion comics, just got a full-time gig writing season four of The Flash. Uh, Sterling has one written by credit already in-universe for Supergirl's Mr. and Mrs. Uh, Mixia Spitlick, which was an odd episode. It was, but it was clever. It was clever. Uh, Candace Patton uh, has confirmed a season six time jump. She was talking to TV Line at the Saturn Awards where she was named Best Supporting TV Actress, if you uh, care about that sort of thing. She says, We still don't have Barry out of the Speed Force. Iris is really struggling to deal with that, and she does it in her own way. Uh, Patton, too, with an accent, uh, Patton confirmed there will be a six-month time jump when Season 6 returns. We do get to see a different version of Iris. She's a little bit harder. She's without the love of her life. She's kind of had to step into this role as the leader of the Flash team. Um... They did this a little bit with her where they kind of wanted to change what she was up to, and it did work. So I, I like I like this addition. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'd go back to our previous complaints about Flash Season 1. Well, they didn't do enough with Candace Patton slash Iris West. Well, they they fixed that in Season 2 um, a little bit. I just feel It feels like we're going into a better territory. Um, so I guess I'm going to bring this up because even though we don't have it here in the, in the notes, um, I didn't realize it was so divisive, but I'm looking around for it and it looks like it was like taken away. It was like rescinded, deleted something, whatever the tweet was, but they, um, they, they put out the, the title of the, um, the premiere episode for flash, the flash reborn. Yeah. Flash reborn or reborn, uh, which, um, we actually had some. We had a little uh, <laughs> feedback on. Uh, Matthew Ryan Cronin said, Just want to say that the episode one title for Flash is Flash Reborn. I'm liking my rebirth theory. And uh, maybe. <laughs> it's, I, I mean, don't see I, how they're going to do would that. I would love for that to be a thing, but that's still way beyond the give me the same thing, only different mentality. Yeah, it, you know, I don't really know and what it means. Flash does... Uh, push it a little bit as far as uh, what their their show's constrictions can be but i don't think mm. we're there yet i mean we're talking about a show that did flash point paradox they're obviously not, they're not afraid of taking chances but they didn't do it at all like the comics so no but they at least played with the idea of of what if we just redid well not even played yeah. with they embedded themselves in the idea of like what if we just took these characters to a different place fine um mm-hmm. but even then you know you, you got to notice they reverted back to the dynamic the show had perfected um yeah yeah i I don't think we're at 
rebirth levels yet. Also, rebirth is it's it's nascent right now. It's it's not it's mm-hmm. not there yet. No, it's not. It's not. But uh, you know, um, the pseudo synopsis that they've done for season four that they've come out with uh, kind of hints that, or just outright says that they're gonna be trying to get Barry out of his own nightmare hell or something, which is something that was said was not going to be a thing. I don't know how, um, I don't know how official any of that stuff was, but it's been the, the subject of much debate online. And, um, when I've looked into it, it, you know, things are put out, things are quickly deleted. So I'm not sure what's happening there. And, uh, I wanted to address it to some degree, but didn't. I don't. You know, I'm not saying anything happened. I don't. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what happened. Yeah, we're we're at the. It's mercy been pretty weird how these things play out right now. Yeah, uh, the Flash video FX VFX uh, is getting tested according to TV Line's Scoop series. A, a role being cast for season four that you have not heard about yet should put the visual effects department to the test. That sounds like a mostly CGI character. Something along the lines of Savitar, uh, which did eventually get a practical suit, and it looked way better for it. Um, yeah. <laughs> later on in the season, absolutely. and um, I don't know. I don't know what that means. I, I don't know what they could be. Uh, I don't know if that's the Thinker. Uh, you know, in the comics, sometimes he's been known to just be like a humanoid silhouette with ones and zeros, with just binary making up his. <laughs> I hope it's not that because that would look really stupid. <laughs> It looked stupid in the comics. Um, I don't know. Played well, that could be uh, deeply unsettling. If you're and the Flash is set in a real world thing. I mean, it, King Shark even they make fun of them in canon yeah. for, for being. Well, this is kind of ridiculous, right? It, I know. Imagine if you ran up across you ran across someone who was. I made don't up have of to imagine. Digits, you know. I don't have to imagine. I've seen the Matrix. <laughs> But I, I think in a, a a universe as invested as the Flash, that would make sense, and be scary as hell. So it, that's not a bad guess as as to who is uh, on board. But eh, I mean, you can have somebody that shows up in four or five episodes and still pushes the, the envelope. I mean, King Shark has showed up in what three episodes? I want to say three or four, something like that. Yeah, and still really pushed the envelope, and um, I think was award winning. Maybe. I, haven't, I haven't looked up what they actually won the awards for, but man, I'd put we don't care about that. awards. I, what I do know is he looked fantastic. He it, does. Like it's a good looking shark, man. <laughs> right. <laughs> Over to Arrow. Uh, Stephen Amell confirmed that Manu Bennett is coming aboard. Um, this was at the uh, what was this uh, Heroes and Villains at Nashville? Yep. Said uh, I can report that Manu Bennett is back to being a part of the show. And I think we will see him multiple times this year, which is awesome. He also says we have somebody returning to the show this year that we have not seen since season one. A lot of conjecture online I've seen though. Obviously. Uh, is, yeah. A lot of conjecture online though. seems to be that it's going to be, uh, the maid from season one because Stephen Amell said that he was going to have, Oliver was going to have his own apartment. And if he's looking after William, then he's probably going to need that nanny that like raised him when he was a kid. That's yeah, that's a it's a, it's a neat angle. I yeah. as, I assume your first thought was uh, was Tommy. No, no, because my first thought was not Tommy. It, was that because of ruling him out because of the like the last season um, mention or? I don't 
<laughs> people assume I want Tommy back and I don't. I just assume that he's coming back. Part of you wants back. Tommy. <laughs> the only part of me that wants Tommy back is the part that wants to be right. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't a bad actor, though. I uh, I didn't fine. I didn't I, I have never a had a problem with anything. Uh, but I. Uh, Maybe the uncanny valley scene. I'm I'm gonna keep calling it until mm-hmm. I feel right about the the visuals on that scene in the uh, the crossover. Um, yeah. Even then, that might qualify as we've seen him since. <laughs> yeah, he looked creepy as hell in that though. But what what season was it where? Um, well, I mean, I don't know. I, I it's when did um, we did we did see him in season three? I think. In a flashback. No, yeah, we, we he did he did get one flashback scene. Mm-hmm. Um, I forget Mara's, um Was it husband? Um, Walter. Yeah. What was is that, was that his name? Yeah, it sounds right. <laughs> I think he went into like season a... two though. Uh, so I think yeah, he's he, probably ruled out. He's shown up from time to time. I don't know. We we really have to look up like season one. Maybe go watch it again, which I, I, I'm just, I, 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 I don't have time to do. Walter Steele. That's his name. Yes. Walter. What did I say? I think Morton. I don't know how we got there. I, don't, I did not say Morton. <laughs> I think we were both trying to make him, uh, uh, you know, over-the-counter pain relievers. I'm not sure what happened here. Yeah, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> Stephen Amell wants Colton, Colton Haynes back, though. Uh, <laughs> at the uh, what was this at Heroes and Villains too? Yeah, there's a lot from Heroes and Villains. What am I there was to? a fan Q and A, and they said a uh, fan asked, "Do you miss Roy being your partner?" And uh, Stephen Amell says, "I miss Colton Hayes, uh, Colton Haynes' handsome face every single day." And they said, "Is he going to come back?" And he says, "If we end the show whenever it happens to end without seeing Roy Harper again." I think we will have. I think we will have made a tragic mistake. I agree. I want to see that guy back really uh, as do. Roy, and as Arsenal. I, you know, taking on mm-hmm. his uh, ultimate identity. I think it's uh, ah, yeah. that was so good. Sure. Uh, so Stephen Amell also clarified some stuff about the season six flashbacks. He says there are flashbacks in the first episode that take us back to the immediate aftermath of the events in the finale, which is one of the reasons that I have to shave my beard so I can match up with the finale. There are no flashbacks in the second se- in the second episode. You know how occasionally over the course of five seasons, typically it's been Oliver's flashback. Sometimes there have been episodes where there's no flashbacks, and sometimes we've had flashbacks where we focus on Diggle or Felicity or Renee. I think that's what will happen this year. That will have the occasional flashback. We're not telling a linear story anymore about Oliver's time on the island. We've brought that one full circle. Mark Guggenheim was talking about season six. Mentor Oliver says this season we're trying to give you a different version of Oliver because of the journey he went on in season five. He finally got to a place where he was ready to follow everyone's advice and discard the past and move on with his life. The Oliver Queen that you'll meet in 601, he's still the Oliver you know and sometimes love, but he has a different sense of himself. In season six, I think you'll see Oliver giving the people in his life the advice for a change. He's been through five years of being the superhero, and he went through five years of hell before that. So he's got ten years of being very, he- uh, sorry, ten years of a very heavy experience to start to bring to bear, and that's something we're interested in seeing more of. 
and mentoring Oliver uh, as the various people in his life face their challenges. And I saw something else as well that where Stephen Amell was saying that he hoped they would get to more of a uh, a comic book accurate Oliver. A little so, bit, uh, a little bit more, um, you know, socially aware kind of Oliver. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I still um, and I would love that too. It, it's just part of his character, no matter how you fall on it. And mm-hmm. I I I do love the I do love the idea that like uh, we're gonna wrap up the flashbacks, but they're they aren't going to be part of the continuing like the the idea that it's not going to be linear anymore that mm-hmm. i i think we've earned that after this many years right yeah maybe i i mean that story's been told I, it would seem silly to go back and yeah. like tell little subsections of that story and well i say that but it there might be parts where it's uh, it, it works for an episode to tell a, a little part of that story but the idea that they're going to expand it to the rest of the cast and and try to use parts of that to do that, yeah, that that makes sense. That's that can be good storytelling if you do it correctly. You know what? I want one episode that's not there's where nothing's going on, and I want like Oliver to be trying to make dinner, <laughs> and we keep cutting back to the island to him trying to make dinner on the island angrily, <laughs> like trying to figure out how to make something, just trying to chase down like two birds. Just to, mm-hmm. just to have enough protein to make a dinner happen. <laughs> like him and Shadow and, and Wilson just sitting around like, I'm I'm really hungry. Maybe they have the flu even and he has to like give them a full meal and he can't quite do it. But it's around Thanksgiving and the, you do it like a, th- a thematic thing where like he's trying to make Thanksgiving happen for the, the current crew, but he can't. Mm-hmm. Because he has too many you know requirements around his life now. So he can't do that. Can't do it in the past. Can't do it now. Yeah. All right, over to Gotham. Uh, so there was a bit of a hubbub while we were gone. Uh, Donald Logue's daughter, Jade, went missing, and uh, that was pretty tense. But a bit of good news now. Uh, she's um, she's been found. Uh, yeah, that that can't be bad. Like they they haven't released any information, like really reliable information, uh, about any of the details of what happened. But um. Yeah, she's back at home. Uh, Logue uh, took to Twitter. Thank you all for the love and support. We are good. Casey and I wish to thank the NYPD, FBI, missing kids, and countless others. So, uh, you know, it was it was looking like a, a dire situation for quite a while. And uh, looking like probably they weren't going to find her. And then they found her. So, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what happened. Hey, yeah. Nothing, nothing reliable about details, but... Um... You know, either way, it's a couple of weeks of uh, of just real stress, I assume. So, yeah. Uh, David Mazus was uh, talking recently. He said Bruce uh, really is taking on this vigilante persona and all the things that go along with that, whether it be creating another persona, 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 <laughs> a public persona that's also definitely going to be a major part of Bruce's journey this year. His relationship as this other person, Batman is coming. Absolutely. Another thing I was worried about was we were going to get to season four and the writers were going to go, you know, I think we took it a little too far too fast. Let's backtrack. And the exact opposite happened. The trajectory is just continuing in that direction. I would say I would know it's accelerating in that direction. It's not going to stop. 
He also spoke about uh, Selena Kyle as Catwoman, with Selena specifically. Selena is is also going to be transforming into Catwoman in a major way this season. I'm not going to say too much about that, but she's definitely going to be making a leap into her evolution as Selena as Catwoman. Um, Bruce and Selena's relationship as we knew it before will really start to crumble because of certain events that happen early on in the season, but Catwoman, prototype Catwoman's relationship with masked vigilante Bruce, that will be a different thing altogether. <laughs> Sounds really cool, yeah. So far, yeah. I like everything you've said. I, I mean, uh, I, I, I even like the fact that he mentions uh, something I was worried about, too, is like the writer's trying to pull back a little bit and going, yeah, you know what? We're, we're doing this. Yeah. Now, um, he also said at heroes and villains fan fest, he says, uh, scarecrow comes back in season four. It's on full blast. I'm really excited. And drew Powell, butch confirmed. He says, it's super creepy too. You're going to love it. I, I cannot love that. I'm like, I, I got so excited when I read that. Mm hmm. I, I've wanted that character back for a while because I, I thought they did a really neat uh, almost origin story for him. And I, I like how they left the character with, you know, those demon creatures crawling over the bed and everything. And, man, I want that back. And I do I, I do just love Scarecrow as a, as, a, as a villain. I know you do. So I'm pretty happy. Yeah. The, the, ga- the, 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 the gast. The cast of <laughs> Gotham isn't uh, sure what happened to Harley's appearance either, though. Uh, David Mazuz says, I'm not exactly sure what they were going to do with Harley Quinn. I know there was talks about it. I'm not in the writer's room, so I don't know exactly what they're doing. I think there might have been a plan to do something in the finale, but like you said, I watched the finale also. I didn't see any direct hints to it, so maybe in season four. I kind of like the idea that he was looking for hints, like Easter eggs, like the rest of us. Yeah, I kind of dig that. Now, uh, DC released a Black Lightning Primer... Uh, so if you're interested or excited about the upcoming premiere of the Black Lightning CW series but aren't sure what you're going to be getting uh, into, check out the DC All Access new primer on the character covering his comic book origin, overall history, and how he got into the Justice League. Um, we'll put up a uh, link to it. It's actually pretty comprehensive. Um, so moving on, there is uh, something that's been going around, and um, the back cover art for the heretofore unreleased uh, Batman and Harley Quinn supposedly says under special features a sneak peek at DC Universe's next animated movie Batman Gotham by Gaslight uh, no no announcement though from DC has been made officially and the picture of the art in question originated on Reddit so I'm suspect Jason I believe you're suspect as well yeah it, it's just it, it's not even this isn't being covered by reliable sources it's just everyone is covering this and saying it's it's happening but but that's all i can find on it i mean you look around too that's uh, like there's no dc comics uh release uh press release any and a twitter announcement for god's sake there's nothing Mm -hmm. they didn't so much as have this picture on their instagram as far as i can tell yeah i I don't know um Moving on for just a second, uh, Justice League. This they did a Justice League uh, live reading, and it's available. It's on YouTube uh, from Denver Comic Con. The cast reunited to live. Uh, sorry, the live read scenes from the episode Starcrossed. Pa- fantastic episode. Um, Kevin Conroy, Batman was there. George Newbern, Superman. 
Michael Rosenbaum, The Flash, Susan Eisenberg, Wonder Woman, uh, Maria Canales, uh, Barrera, Hot Girl, and Phil Lamar, Green Lantern, and Brian Cummings, who filled in for Carl Lumley as Martian Manhunter. Uh, young Justice voice actor Carrie Payton, Aqualad, chimed in to play the story's antagonist, uh, Hero Talak. Uh, so, so everybody. That's pretty cool. Well, <laughs> not everybody, but a lot of people. I mean, 90% um, everybody. I don't know about that number either, but... <laughs> Well, not on that show, sure. But it was that's a solid cast for a live reading. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, that that's pretty cool. We'll put up a link to that in the show notes. Um, back to Harley, Batman and Harley Quinn. Uh, Batman and Harley Quinn, which comes out August 15th digitally and uh, 29th uh, in hard copy, is going to get a prequel beginning July 31st entitled uh, Harley Quinn and Batman. And after the movie's release, there will be a sequel comic called Batman and Harley Quinn, which will start in October. The prequel will have five bi-weekly chapters, and the sequel will get seven. That's pretty cool. Yeah, they're going to keep the, the franchise kind of expanded a little bit. That's I like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, this is cool, too. Uh, <laughs> they are putting out an anniversary box set of DC animated films. Um, it is going to be called DC Universe Original Movies 10th Anniversary Collection. This will be a box set of all 30 films, five animated shorts, new special features, and exclusive collectible items. The titles will range all the way back from Superman Doomsday to Batman and Harley Quinn. It's also going to have newly released commemorative editions of Wonder Woman and Justice League The New Frontier as well as all of the DC Showcase animated shorts. Yeah, that's expect yeah. That's a solid package. You can expect the 32 disc set to be available on Blu-ray November 7th with the digital edition being available August 15th. And um I don't know how much this is going to cost yet, but um probably upwards of $200. <laughs> I would suspect. That's a good bet. I would suspect. That's a good bet. Um now anyone who, you know, Takes out a credit card to buy it. I don't blame you. I don't blame you. I mean, wait a few weeks, but sure, I I, I get it. Mm-hmm. And you know the digital is going to cost less, probably. So you you can just apparently have yeah. all of these things on your computer for the rest of your life, I guess, or until the digital age fails us and streaming doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. yeah. Actually, that's a good point. I I'm uh, kind of wondering what is going to be the transfer rate to like when WB launches their new site. Like, if I bought something on Amazon that's WB-related, am I going to be able to transfer it over there and have it under the uh, the subscription? Mm-hmm. Well, that'll be something to look at in the future. Mm. Yeah. It's good. Um, <laughs> let's get to listener feedback real quick. Uh, Justin Ashby writes to us, What if the four-show CW crossover with, quote, emotional impact is based on Brad Meltzer's identity crisis? Hmm. I think that would be awesome. I'm not sure how they would do it necessarily, since on these shows everybody knows who everybody is. Yeah, that's the only thing I'm questioning. It, it, it's, <laughs> I feel like we're about at least a couple of seasons away from anything that that vague, and it would have to be kind of set up in the you know season finales of each show. Yeah, like I mean, you like Calculator was involved in Identity Crisis. Yeah, but he knows who Felicity and Arrow is. Um, Captain Cold, he knows who Flash is. Sure. Like every, all the villains know who the good guys are already. Yeah. Um, was- now if they if they did something because because they have done it a couple of times where Martian Manhunter just like erases somebody's memory. All right. Like if they kind of build something out of that. All right. Let's do that. 
It, it could definitely happen, but I feel like uh, we need the the crossovers uh, this season are supposed to be kind of episode eight ish for everybody. Mm-hmm. I think that was what they they pitched earlier, and um, we just need more time than that. But it's a fantastic idea for a little while from now. Yeah, like if uh, especially if you sent a, if you spent like um, you know this year, uh, John Jones is is great ten member. You set him up at the end of uh, next year to be a kind of a douchebag. Um, and then you make him evil <laughs> for like eight episodes of Supergirl, and then it yeah. ties into this new thing with with. You know, I'm way more interested in you know what he has done as a good guy, in the morally gray areas that he's dipped into as a good guy. Oh, there's a lot. him just time becoming evil. Yeah, it, it, like head of that agency and and all the things you have to deal with. There's a lot more to deal with. But if you took him over the top and and. Tucked him in, yeah. You could you could make him even even maybe next year, but eh, you, I think you've still got more material to play with before that. Yeah. All right, moving on to uh, <laughs> Scott DC twenty seven over at Twitter. Uh, Scott of the Suicide Squad cast says, "With the news of the Gotham by Gaslight animated movie, what are your top three each? We each have to come up with three. Oh dear lord! What's your top three each wish list?" For future Elseworlds movies. Hmm. What you got, man? <laughs> Alright. Um, Alright, the recent Dark Side War is actually going to be in somewhere in my top three. Yeah, but this, uh, that's mainstream. Not Elseworlds. Oh, uh, all Elseworlds? Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> can can I just make it easy and say Superman Red Sun? That's going to be our number one across the board. I mean, Superman, Red Sun, and Kingdom Come. Those are going to be top top two, probably. Actually, it's a good point. Like, um, how much is uh, Hush considered Elseworld? Uh, Hush was mainstream. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, he tied in too much. Um, so if we're if we're going Elseworlds, I'm probably yeah, I'm probably going to say Kingdom Come. I'm going to say uh, Superman, Red Sun. Uh, gosh. I mean, there's stuff I would love to to say, like. All Star, I would not, but yeah. Oh, yeah, I would love to see All Star and Dark Knight Strikes Again and Master Race and Last Crusade, <laughs> like all of that. Yeah, like animated to just flesh it all out and like you know finish it up. Sure, but um, you know, uh, barring those, uh, oh, oh, I know, I know. Um, mm, what was the name of that? What was the name of the one where uh, Superman was Batman? <laughs> I don't remember the name of it now. Oh, I, because I, I need to know it. I don't know. Um, I remember that as a <laughs> as a world's greatest. No, I'm not. Uh, yeah, I'm not. Animated story. Well, <laughs> you're talking about Nighttime uh, from Superman the animated series. Mm-hmm. Um, I am not. Um, this was a bit where like Superman crash landed in Gotham, and um, oh gosh. He, yeah, he was Batman, like uh, essentially. Oh, what was it called? I'm looking it up now. I don't even know. Oh, you know what you really yeah. want? What do I really want? And this is one of those where um the freaking nail. I want. Yes, that, that's but... the one I was gonna say. It's like you, you, you really want the nail. That's the one you really want. And I want it too. And I just uh, yeah, I haven't read that one yet, and I'm so sorry. Yeah, Justice League: The Nail is a phenomenal book. Um. I'd love to see Batman Thrill Killer. I'd love to see 
a lot of that stuff, man. I, I, I really like the Elseworlds stuff. I really like the idea. Like back when I was growing up, man, the, the, the DC Elseworlds and, um, the Marvel what ifs were just like mother's milk. They were amazing. <laughs> I was just like, Oh, these are the books where anything could happen. Right. Um, Oh man. Uh, gosh. Actually, uh, honestly, I could probably think of 20 different little stories in the, the, like the black and white series of, of Batman. I got it. It's Superman speeding bullets. That's what it was called. I don't know that one. Um, yeah, here's the plot via, uh, or, uh, via Wikipedia here. Uh, Baby Kal-El crashes into Earth, where he is discovered by Thomas and Martha Wayne. The couple decide to adopt Kal-El and name him Bruce. One night, Thomas and Martha are gunned down by a mugger. Bruce incinerates the mugger with his heat vision and discovers his superpowers, but it is too late to save his parents. He decides to hide his powers in shame. Bruce decides to create a secret identity for himself many years later. As the Batman, he begins to brutally strike back at the criminals in Gotham. Meanwhile, criminal Lex Luthor is on the run and is caught in a horribly disfiguring accident. Lex becomes the dimension, this dimension's version of the, mo- of the clown prince of crime, the Joker. Uh, Bruce is eventually persuaded by Lois Lane and the more hopeful superheroes needed than his dark, violent Batman persona, giving rise to his new, more heroic identity of Superman. That was a cool thought. That was a cool story. Um, I read it years and years and years ago. Back in, it looked like it was, uh, yeah, published in 93. So, uh, yeah, I couldn't remember speeding bullets for the life of me. Yeah, that sounds pretty great. <laughs> uh, again, though, like, uh, black and white in general, you can, like, flip through that, or flip through that series of stories and probably find at least a dozen things that are worth it, you know, a DC yeah. animated film. Yeah. Oh, we could do uh, JLA Destiny. That was uh, that was one where Batman and Superman never happened, and Thomas Wayne, uh, Thomas Wayne <clears throat> made his own Justice League. Um, I, I do have a vague remembrance of that one being pretty good. But yeah, Kingdom Come is going to be probably top of my list, honestly. I would honestly fight between that and Red Sun. As far as... Uh, yeah. If you gave it to me as an animated film and told me to, I don't know, make a, a story that doesn't require... like I, I think you could condense Red Sun to an animated story a little bit better than you could Kingdom Come. Because Kingdom Come <clears> is yeah. a, a thick story. Red Sun is too, but it, it has a lot of nuances that you could... A little bit forgive and and take out and and still get mainly what you were talking about. But Kingdom Come has so many nuances that are absurdly mm. important. Oh, Son of Superman's good too. <laughs> I know that one. Yeah, that's uh, remind me. That's when like the that Le- Lex Luthor, like Lex, like Superman's dead. Lex Luthor's taking control of the Justice League. Lois has a kid. And he's just now, like, figuring out his superpowers, and he basically becomes, like, you know, the son of Superman. Like, he, Superman was literally his dad. Of course. Yeah. It's a good one. It is. Also, um, God, so much to hit, and I'd love more time to research that one before. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's what you get. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's move it on, I guess. Uh, you got more than three, Scott. <laughs> Um, kind of. Actually, that's all we have. All right, so moving on to the end? Yeah. Yeah. That has to happen. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening. We are DC On Screen. You can find every episode at dconscreen.com. We're proud members of the Giant Size Team Up Network. GiantSizeTeamUp.com for all the awesome shows over that way. And um, we're going to be coming back next week and 
Yeah, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all those things, you know, DC on screen. You can find us, you can come talk to us. We'll uh, throw your name out there on the show, and uh, I don't know, that'll be a fun time, I suppose, if you like to hear your handle thrown out there. It's kind of a weird way to put that. I wonder if there's going to be a point where we don't realize that's strange. Mm. There you go, your handle. Yeah, totally. Technical reference, gotcha. Right. Anyway, guys, uh, until next week, keep some DC on your screen. Oh, and um, (laughs) because I never remember, if you want to call us and uh, leave us a voicemail, you can call us at 205-259-6331. Keep some DC on your screen, as I said previously. 